Welcome to Deconstructing Hamilton, a production of Christopher C. Jones Studios. Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Sam Allen. And I'm Sam Haber. Today's episode is sponsored by Graham Crackers. Your favorite sexually repressive whole grain snack. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the song, The Election of 1800. And before we dive into the song, we're going to give you a little bit of a background to the song and what was going on. So the election of 1800 was a pretty crucial election in American history. It was pretty controversial as well. Um, it's otherwise known as the Revolution of 1800. Um, and it has that name because it was a shift of power from the Federalist Party to the Democratic Republican Party. Um, and it also is the first election in which um, both of those parties officially um, nominated candidates to uh, put on the ballot. And before we dive into the song, we're also going to give a little background on the two parties, the first being the Federalists. Exactly. So the Federalist Party was the party that Hamilton was a member of. Um, most of its support was centered in the northern states. Uh, its platform, they argued for a centralized government. They favored trade tariffs. They focused on manufacturing. Uh, they were pro-British, and the two main candidates who were running in that party in the election of 1800 were John Adams and Charles Pinckney. And on the other side of the election was the uh, Democratic Republicans, and pretty much they were the exact opposite as the Federalists. I mean, they, they were mostly focused in the southern states. They favored a de- decentralized government. Um, they were anti-tariff. Um, they, they supported more um, agrarian people they like they supported farming and rural lifestyles and the the candidates that they sent to the to the ballot in the election of 1800 were thomas jefferson and aaron burr so now that we've laid out the context for the election of 1800 um what we're going to do is just to give you a heads up we're going to break down the song into four separate parts and analyze the interpretive choices, the historical accuracy, and the elements um, that Lin-Manuel Miranda decided to emphasize or leave out in the song, The Election of 1800. So the first part of the song that we're going to talk about, um, we're going to dive into, is the conversation that James Madison and Thomas Jefferson have in the beginning, the very beginning of the song. And this is kind of an important part of the song because it kind of lays out the, the environment, the atmosphere of what was going on politically in the United States at that time. So in this conversation, they talk about the candidates for the election. They talk about some st- strategies on how they're going to you know, win the election um, and become president. And the first person that they mention in this song is uh, the president at the time, John Adams. Um, and the quote that they use for John Adams is that at the time he had shot the bed. Um, and this is a reference to his many controversies that he had during his presidency, namely the XYZ affair, Alien Sedition Act, um, and many other things that were kind of alienating the American public from the presidency. And another person that they mentioned in this conversation is Alexander Hamilton, um, the the, the main character and how he was, quote unquote, missing in action at the time. And this is more of a reference to the sadness, kind of like the the low point he was at in his life um, because his son Philip had just been killed in a duel. Exactly. And so... Um, Hamilton, when we did research, we found that the order was switched up between the actual history and what happened in the musical. Um, Lin-Manuel Miranda has the death of Philip, Alexander Hamilton's son, happening before the election. And actually, the duel where Philip died happened in November of 1801, whereas the um, election and the discussion in Congress and the House of Representatives happened 
um, the beginning of 1801. And I think Miranda did this uh, on purpose. I think he wanted to create a sense of um, that Alexander Hamilton had bottled, bottomed out at that point in his life after the Reynolds pamphlet. Um, and he kind of wanted to create that low point in his life. So I think it was more of a stylistic um, decision at that time. Yep. And then Aaron Burr is another person that comes up in conversation. Uh, we'll dive more into his campaigning tactics and some of the criticism that Hamilton held towards him. Um, and then James Pinckney doesn't actually come up in the song, but he was a major player in the election of 1800. He was the Federalist candidate that Hamilton um, supported and tried to garner support for. Um, but since he's not a major character in the musical um, and didn't end up getting a majority of votes in the election, they ended up leaving him out of the song. Yeah. Um, and after they mentioned all these people, um, John Adams, Alexander Hamilton, Aaron Burr, and James Pinckney, Madison suggests to Jefferson that maybe that they should form an alliance with Alexander Hamilton and then that, that alliance could possibly give him a push into the presidency. Um, and after our research, we kind of together thought that that probably wasn't a strategy that they had thought of before the election, because at the time, Hamilton was trying to gather support for James Pinckney um, because he had um, his disagreements with John Adams. So he was supporting his own party, um, but the other candidate, which was James Pinckney. And any mention of him trying to support Jefferson before the election probably wouldn't have happened until the actual tie in the Electoral College and they, they needed that support within the House of Delegates. Delegates. So that wraps up the conversation between Madison and Jefferson at the beginning part of the song. Let's go ahead and move on to the part of the song where they focus on Aaron Burr's campaigning. So like Sam said, the section Aaron Burr's campaigning, um, it talks about, it starts out with the theme, Talk Less, Smile More, that Aaron Burr's character has throughout the musical, um, his approach to the revolution, to the... Uh, political campaigning in 1800 uh, brought him a lot of critique and derision from people in both parties. Yeah, and beyond that criticism of Burr's political attitudes, it kind of dives into his um, campaigning and how he would go door to door to his electorate, uh, convincing people to vote for him in New York City. And when I was listening to the song, I thought that was a very interesting part um, because I, I thought I thought it'd be hard I, hard to believe that Burr would go door to door. Um, you know, for a presidential election, especially in our day, that, that seems pretty absurd. But um, I found in um, Joanne Freeman's Affairs of Honor, this quote right here that confirms that it says, given Burr's perverse pleasure in violating prevailing standards and norms, it is difficult to ascribe his actions to a process of tortured compromise. But he did, in fact, dirty his hands in street campaigning to a remarkable degree. So I thought that was very interesting um, and that Joanne Freeman would, would include that in it because in reality, Aaron Burr was one of the first people to openly campaign um, to directly to his electorate for a presidential position. And the reasoning for Burr's opening open campaign like he did in New York City was a result of the popular prediction that New, the state of New York would decide the presidential election and that the state would follow New York City's decision. Therefore, Aaron Burr was trying to get a lot of support in New York City. And I really liked that um, the song brought up the personal meeting between Burr and Hamilton, that this conversation in the street, Burr, sir, back and forth, it was both their hometown. That was where they both lived. And so it's very possible that they could run into the each other on the street while Burr was campaigning. <laughs> very interesting conversation that would have gone down there. Very confrontational. Exactly. Yeah. And so then the next section of the song dives into the election of 1800 itself and what the um, 
candidates and the, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, the electoral college and the debate within the House of Representatives, how that goes down. All right, so this next part of the song um, focuses more on the actual election of 1800. So the election of 1800 ended, ended in a tie between Aaron Burr and Thomas Jefferson. And because of this tie, the voting had to go onto the House of Representatives where the de delegates there would decide on who would win the presidency. And this put a lot of the Federalists in the House in a funny situation where they had to decide between two candidates of the separate party, of an opposing party, and they had to decide on which one they would put in the presidency. So the song goes on to explain um, and describe some of these Federalists coming up to Hamilton and saying, you know, if you had to choose, if you had to choose, we know it's a lose-lose, but who would you decide? Who would you put into the presidency? Um, and Hamilton is faced with that dilemma on who to support and therefore his support, all his fellow Federalists would also support. Yeah. And so it was interesting diving into the research um, that Joanne Freeman had done and how she looked at Hamilton's waning political influence towards the end of his life. By 1801, he had come out and publicly criticized the president, John Adams. He had thrown his support behind Pinckney, was splitting the Federalist Party. He had made some pretty extreme um, accusations and taken some extreme stances. And so Joanne Freeman points out, I don't know if he had as much influence as the song makes it out to be with this chorus of people asking, what would you choose? And him saying, the people are asking to hear my voice. I don't know how much influence we actually had, um, but he is the star of the show. We got to, you know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> make sure he gets his, uh, his due spotlight. And so that leads into the next portion of Hamilton's decision, which is very surprising, a political rival in many aspects, who the song kind of points out he was not that close with. And he ends up choosing Jefferson, of all people. All right. So for the final part of the song that we're going to focus on, um, we're going to go ahead and focus on Hamilton's decision um, when all the Federalists come up to him and ask, you know, which candidate are you going to support? Which candidate are we going to support? So he finally comes up with his decision and he says to, the, uh, to his fellow um, representatives in the House that even though he always disagreed with him and that he was his most fierce political rival, that he would end up supporting Thomas Jefferson. And his reasoning and rationale for his decision is best summed up in the line where he says, but when all is said and all is done, Jefferson has beliefs, Burr has none. And there's this huge uproar in the chorus. You know, all the members of the of the cast kind of have this big surprise moment because it was a pretty surprising moment in American history where, you know, Alexander Hamilton, even though he was his most political rival, he, he chose Jefferson because he had these beliefs that he believed that Burr did not have. And so it was neat looking at some of the primary sources. There was a letter that Hamilton wrote to James Bayard, a senator from Delaware. And in that letter, talking about Aaron Burr, he says, Yet I admit that he has no fixed theory and that his peculiar notions will easily give way to his interest. But is it a recommendation to have no theory? Can that man be a systematic or able statesman who has none? And so got to give Lin-Manuel a lot of credit that he's able to turn that into this very direct burn in the song. <laughs> Jefferson has beliefs, Burr has none. Oh, you know, and so I just thought that was really neat to find that directly supported in this letter. No, for sure. And and even though he gives that support to his fellow Federalists, um, it's important to recognize that it took 35 ballots for the House of Representatives to decide on which president, which candidate would become president. And on the 36th ballot, finally, after Al Alexander Hamilton's support for Jefferson, enough people were swayed to the other side to vote towards Jefferson, and he became the third president. 
All right. So to wrap it up, we're going to go ahead and give our final thoughts on the musical. Me personally, I think Lin-Manuel Miranda did an excellent job explaining a pretty complex historical event in just one song. I mean, he explained, you know, rivalries and in the election and all in about three minutes and you know 50 seconds. And I think that was a pretty amazing feat. Um, even though he did exclude, you know, candidates like James Pinkney from the narrative, we get to kind of understand why he did that because he wanted to simplify the narrative. He didn't want to introduce a character that no one had heard of beforehand. Um, but that being said, he did an excellent job, you know, historically, um, analyzing, you know, Aaron Burr's campaign. You know, that was a pretty, you know, accurate part of the song. Um, Aaron Burr was a you know revolutionary campaigner. He actually went door to door and he was one of the first people to do it. And I thought Limowell did an excellent job doing that. And so I'll be honest, before this assignment, I really didn't listen to Hamilton at all. Um, <laughs> and that's just, you know, full disclosure. Uh, but diving into the research of this, what really stood out to me was his personal life and how well Lin-Manuel Miranda incorporated that. Uh, we touched on how the order of the death of his son, Philip, uh, and the election got switched up in the musical. Um, but I have to give him props for um, the way he was able to help the audience make that emotional connection to Hamilton uh, in modern lingo, modern language. Um, the other thing I thought was interesting was how uh, Hamilton's popularity and influence was starting to decline at the end of his life. Um, his death was only three years after um, the closure of the election in 1801. And in a letter in February um, of 1801 to Governor Morris, he mentions um, that he felt like this American world was not for me day by day. Um, and so kind of a sad note toward the end of his life that um, would have dampened the musical, I guess, to put a sad note on it. Um, but interesting how in his letters and correspondence that that was how he felt. I think that about wraps it up yeah, for so, today. Yeah, just to wrap it up, one out of 10 graham crackers, what would you rate it? Uh, I'd give it a solid eight and a half eight and hearty a half? whole okay. grain graham crackers. Yeah. Fair enough. I'll go 10 out of 10. I think anything that Limuel touches is solid gold. So, All right. So those are our thoughts on The Election of 1800 by Lin-Manuel Miranda in the musical Hamilton. I'm Sam Haber. I'm Sam Allen, and thank you for listening to our podcast.